When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Well, I think what I've always challenged him with is you don't have to do anything differently. You don't have to change. You don't have to take another step, if you will. Uh, the challenge will be to do it again and again and again. And I've said that here before. And... If, if it was easy to do, more players would do it. You see a lot of people in this league go to a Pro Bowl, have some success, and then you ask the question, what happened to them? And so I've been challenging him to make sure that question is never asked about you, Justin. And uh, I don't see any reason why it would, um, but that will always be the challenge, is to make sure that 10 years from now we're still talking about how Justin Jefferson um, you know, is an unbelievable player in this league. And so that's what he's working towards. It is. There, there they are, the, the two closest guys on the team, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, despite all the Twitter drama that was stirred last night. Some people are blaming me. I was just posing a question off Chris Why they blame Thomas's you? You tweet. That's you didn't get to the blame quotes. Him. You just well, reacted. We'll, we'll get to all of this here yeah. under the umbrella of Judd's Camp Notes, day two mm. of Vikings training camp here on Purple Daily, where... We uh, just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. It's been 60-plus years. It's time to go. It's time to go. We reject 500 football around here, all right? So uh, the show is presented by our friends at TCL, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands with a new lineup of award-winning TVs, delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. So, I don't know. I think sometimes I probably overestimate how many people are paying attention to late night tweets Mackie. from Vikings beat writers. But uh, Chris Thomason created quite the stir last night, Pioneer Press and TwinCities.com, when he said, Justin Jefferson, on him and other Vikings receivers, having invited Kirk Cousins to throw to them in South Florida before training camp. Come on down here. Let's, uh, let's get the group together and do a little private workout, Tom Brady style, and Let's get some work in, baby. Let's go get this thing. And Jefferson said, quote, he's a family guy, so he likes to be with his family in the offseason and stuff. I don't blame him for not showing up, by the way. Uh, so during that time, us receivers just got together. So, yeah, that's no big deal. Just whatever. Uh, Jefferson himself retweeted this last night and said, I'm trying to find the exact retweet. There it is. Taking my words out of proportion, dot, 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 dot. So I can't tell if he's saying that Chris Thomason is taking his words out of context or if people are blowing his comments out of proportion or some combination of both. But this has now created a 
know, I think an interesting discussion about should the starting quarterback, when invited by the star future Hall of Fame wide receiver, looking to build some chemistry and get some work in, should he say yes to that? Or, hey, it's the offseason. This is my time to be with my family. What do you guys think of all this? Let's unpack this, and then we'll get to some other judge training camp notes. First of all, there's a ton to unpack here. Um, just to be very clear, I think Justin Jefferson is a very good kid and honestly likes Kirk. Do I think he Joe Burrow loves him? Absolutely not. But do I think that Jefferson um, that Jefferson has a low opinion of Kirk? No, he doesn't. He likes him. I think he thinks he's good. I definitely he, he's not dumb, so he doesn't think he's great. Uh, so just to be clear, I think Justin Jefferson was explaining, hey, you know what? We gave Kirk the chance to join us. He was he elected to spend time with his family, and therefore he didn't. But I don't think there was one bit of malice. And I think Jefferson, to to go back to your question, Phil, I think he was, uh, I think he would pick door two of the two options that you gave, which is he was saying, you people are now running with a quote where I, where I basically defended Kirk. Yeah. And now it's like, a, you've all bl- blown this up. And I'm sure he's not pleased with Chris uh, for how it was presented. So I absolve and don't think that there is any conflict, any problem or resentment between Justin Jefferson and Kirk. That being said, I, I really don't. Do, do you? I, I don't think he, there's any resentment. I don't think there. this is this. Oh, man. Oh, this is he was uh, just saying, hey, there's no mat. Like, I don't think Jefferson is mad or anything. I think what happens with Kirk. All of these little things. Yeah, that that happen, right? The timeout thing from last year. The not going to South Florida thing. They all fall under the category of I just work here, which is the that's kind of the phrase that we've used to poke at Kirk a little bit that. Correct. Hey, listen, I even even his comments yesterday when when he was being asked about the offense and and Kevin O'Connell and stuff. And he brought up a play specifically going back to the OTAs. He said, yeah, there was a play where I looked to my left and the way I looked at the defensive setup, I would never throw that ball to the left. And so I checked it down. I, I, prog- I progressed down to two and three and, and right. checked it down over here. And Kevin O'Connell walked up to Kirk after the play and said, hey, I want you to throw that. I, I with that Against that look in that spot, that's a ball that we throw. And Kirk right. said, oh, I 10 times out of 10, I never would have thrown that ball. And so it's good to know what the coach expects of me. It's all, it's all about him being coachable. It's not like a two-way street. Hey, we are... I'm the highest paid guy on the team. I'm a dude. I'm a multi-time pro bowler. We're about the same age. I'm a better quarterback than you were. I respect you as a coach. It's not like he doesn't view it as an eye-to-eye, we-are-equals thing. It's always, I think what I'm trying to say here is, with Kirk, it's never malicious. It's never him trying to, like, disrespect Justin Jefferson or Kyle Rudolph, who left him off of the 2,000-word manifesto. But how often does he truly go the extra mile and do the things that some of the top quarterbacks in the NFL are doing both on the field and off the field. And I think those things all add up to he's a good quarterback, but he's not going to South Florida to work out with Justin Jefferson because he just doesn't, he, that's not what he's going to do. No, he did work out with KJ Osborne and Adam Thielen earlier this offseason. I think that might have been right. in Minnesota or maybe it was in Michigan. Right. So it's not like he doesn't meet receivers, but it's just like, of course he's not going to go to South Florida and take time out of his family schedule it's not who he is Tom Brady does but Kirk Cousins doesn't right but 
the point is, Je- Justin Jefferson, I don't think, is bothered greatly by that. I think Justin thinks, and and he's young and, and impressionable, and I think he thinks, you know what? I'm so good that if Kirk shows up for games, we're good. But don't you think he would like Kirk to be he the will, type of quarterback he will that eventually. comes down well, yeah, and grinds well, it for three days in South Florida? He fly, loves Joe Private jet, fly the family down right. there so you can spend time with them at night. But, you know? but the Kirk defenders, what they don't comprehend is the in-the-margins bit of the conversation, which is not this large black and white. You know, Justin Jefferson said this, so he's pissed off. Yeah. What you what you were getting at and what Kirk does and what Quasi has done now is always follow the trail of of what I would call setting yourself up and building a resume of not being blamed. Je- Jefferson doesn't is excluded. One, he's a superstar. Two, he's young. Three, he has high hopes. Good for him. Quasi's comments to USA Today on his philosophy, his philosophy of quarterbacks, is his first step to say, if Kirk Cousins fails, here's why. And he was not my first choice. That's what he's saying. Uh, O'Connell, Kirk is his choice. He was hired because of that. What Kirk started to do in the spring, and 100%, and Kirk is a very smart, manipulative type of guy. What Kirk started to do in the spring and followed through yesterday is this. If I throw a pick, keep in mind, it might be a play I'm being forced to make. That's, so, what he, so, that's basically what he said yesterday, right? That's yes. a throw that I would not I would not make that first read throw, but my coach expects me to make it, just so it gets, everyone knows. That's what he gets, said. And if it gets picked, it is akin to, I'm sure, some of the picks that Sam Bradford threw for the Rams Last year, when Matthew, he threw Matthew a Stafford. Stafford, Sam Bradford threw a lot of picks Stafford. for the Rams. I always say Bradford. Ago. I don't know why. I get them confused constantly. <laughs> Matthew Stafford. Anyway, long story short, there's a very different interpretation of to me what Jefferson said, which, by the way, is an interesting nugget in itself, and what like Kirk and Quasi are saying, and O'Connell too. And here's the here's where I think it's going to get incredibly interesting and where I think O'Connell and Kirk could either work magically together or butt heads. I think what I said from day one now is proving out more and more, and it's this. Kevin O'Connell is literally saying, Kirk, I'm going to be your brain. And you're going to be the athlete I could never be. But you got to listen to me. But you've got to, like, when I tell you to throw a pass, you don't want to throw. Kirk is already trying to set up that he is, if I have to throw that pass, I will, but that's not my pass. And and O'Connell is saying, dude, I see things clearer than you do. So I'm telling you what to do. You are, part of the reason why you are not a star is because your processing is not great. I will process for you. I mean, O'Connell has said a thousand times now, what? The quarterbacks need, my quarterback needs the answers. So what he is saying is, I'm going to give Kirk the ability to call a play, but there's going to be two options, and he needs to pick the right one, which I'm going to help him do. Like, he is putting him in an educational system of quarterback play, and he is thinking, I can be his brain. Now, the problem with that is Kirk is headstrong. So, so, so And here's what we're about to find out. Is Kirk smart enough to say, you know what, KOC, you're smarter than me. You know what? you're doing and I sort of do but not like you do because ordinarily Cousins has bristled at that and so if Kirk says you know Kevin here's the thing 
You played the position, but not really well. And I've done this for a long time. That's where that's where they are potentially going to butt butt heads. And I'm so curious to see if that takes place. I don't, and I don't think Kirk is that type of personality. I think he, I think he will willfully and happily defer to whatever. He, I mean, he literally said it yesterday in his press conference that I just want to know what's expected of me from the coach. I want to be coachable. I am I am being submissive here to whatever Kevin O'Connell wants me to do. And the second part of that is what you just said, which is, and if things don't go right, now you sort of know why. I'm, I'm just doing what I'm being coached to do. And I think what I was thinking about last night, because you're right, this is being blown up into a bigger deal than it is, and maybe I'm partly at fault for just posing a couple of questions. I, I, what I said last night just in my late-night uh, you know, Twitter ramblings was, you know, if I made... $200 million over the course of my football career, and I'm looking to get to that next level. First of all, I get to spend a lot of time with my family as it is in the offseason. Right. You get to spend several months with your with your family in the offseason. And if it's that big of a deal that I need to spend, I really need three days in July to spend with my family too, you could fly them down. I mean, other players do this stuff all the time, right? You could fly them in, get an Airbnb, make it a fun trip, or, or you could just leave for a couple days, whatever. I said, that's what I would do. Kirk decided not to do that. Whatever. It's not a huge deal. But you talk about in the margins and why people question and criticize Kirk's leadership and why I personally question and criticize Kirk's leadership. If you start to read the tea leaves and go down just a list of like five or six things, all of them are easily defensible on their own or not that big of a deal maybe on their own. But then you start to add them all up and you're like, yeah, I feel like there's a little bit of a deficiency there, right? Justin Jefferson mentions inviting Kirk down to work out this summer. Cousins declines. Not that big of a deal. Okay, but it's it's one thing. Uh, the Vikings firing their GM and coach back in January. And then team leaders are brought out to discuss with the media and the public and sort of give the temperature of the room from a player perspective. And they trot out Adam Thielen, Eric Hendricks, and Brian O'Neill. We did not hear from Kirk until after his contract extension was signed. All right. I mean, is it that big of a deal? Not in a vacuum necessarily. I was like, whatever, but it's it's another thing. Uh, Mike Zimmer, who before Kirk Cousins arrived, was 39 and 25 as a head coach and gave warning signs saying this would be a mistake. The team is not going to be as good. People are going to get fired if you sign a non-elite quarterback to a contract like this. Mike Zimmer had zero respect for Kirk, and you could say it's not that big of a deal. Zimmer was an old codger who didn't pay attention to offense, right? Okay, yeah, I mean, that's probably true, too, but it's another thing. The timeouts, well, I mean, listen, uh, Mike Zimmer calls the timeouts. I I just kind of work here. I just do as I'm told. Is it that big of a deal? All of these things are sort of one by one. You can pick them off and have a debate and say, you're overblowing it, you're overblowing it. Kyle Rudolph not including him in a 2,000-word manifesto. Everson Griffin calling him ass on social media. Well, he's crazy. That guy's crazy. You can't listen to what Everson Griffin's saying, right? But, like, everything added up, and it says there's some deficiencies there. There's some reasons why maybe the stats don't match the team's success. Right. And I think to spin this forward, I would love to see, and that's why the Jefferson thing was kind of disappointing to me. It's like, man, new system, third year looking to get above 500 for the first time in 900 days and maybe it just didn't work out scheduling wise maybe Kirk invited Justin Jefferson up to Michigan at some point and it didn't work out on the other side I don't know but it's like he's throwing to family and high school kids okay I'm looking for reasons and craving reasons 
yeah. to see what that next level looks like. And this was just one of those things of like, oh, mm, okay, not not that big of a deal, but of course, of course they couldn't connect for a private workout for two or three days. Why, why, why would they be able to? You know? but, this, but you're never going to, I mean, Kirk is not going to, and this is where Kirk is very sort of, I guess I could use the word at times, subtly stubborn. Kirk is never going to change. And that's my point about O'Connell. O'Connell is telling him, I want your brain on Sundays. I want to be your brain. And and so Kirk has the, hey, I'm coachable and I'll do what the coach says. And if that's if he wants me to throw five picks, I will. But Kirk also has a very, very stubborn side. And that that stubborn side is why he so often survives things. Um, he's very good, I believe, at behind-the-scenes painting things in a way that leave people like the Welsh to say, oh, he still has it. He definitely does. And so all of the things that you just brought up, Phil, are great points. But here's the thing with Kirk. We are going to, and that's why this year is so key, we are going to find out, because there's only one thing that ultimately matters. Can you help your team win games? Can you? I don't think he can enough. I just don't. I don't think that you can be as as stubborn as Kirk is, and I don't think that there can be so so many obvious character flaws. Now, if Kirk played tight end, I wouldn't care. Yeah. Absolutely would work. If he played linebacker, absolutely would work. But this position is unique to people who have an it factor that Kirk 1,000% lacks, and here's the problem. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. Um, the one thing I would like to just touch on briefly, too, is the family thing, okay? Oh, real quick, before you do that, can I read? Because yeah. I think this will be a good setup for you. Sure. Because it is, it is Feedback Friday on Mackie and Judd, and we are going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're tweaking our schedule going into the season, so we will bring Feedback Friday also to uh, Purple Daily. This is kind of an early sampling of Purple Daily Feedback Friday. These are a lot of the responses and the the pushback that I got when I said, come on, I mean, can you, can you go meet the guy in South? The guy wants to put in some work. Can you go meet the guy in South Florida? Uh, Brian Heinz says, Kirk hanging out with his wife and sons during his time off has now become a criticism at the hands of local sports media, as well as some of the fans. Our fan base is the worst in sports. Brian Layless, I think if I was asked to go on a work trip when I already had plans with the family, I wouldn't go on the work trip. So why should Kirk? Hmm. Terry V., Phil, why do all reporters take stuff out of context? So what if Kirk spent time with his family? It was an invite to work out. It's not mandatory. Samson, imagine trashing, trashing, trashing a guy. Trashing. 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 Imagine trashing a guy for spending time with his family. You're obsessed with him at this point. Bryce, let Uh, Kirk live his life in the offseason. I don't think you would give up family time if you were an athlete, but let's throw stones at Kirk for not doing more work. And Vicodontis Rex, which is a great Twitter handle, I will say. Yeah. Would love to see how you react to going six months of not spending hardly any time at your kids' functions or any time on dates with your wife. Okay. So I'm going to go back a little bit. 2000. The, the Judd Deep Sigh is my uh, favorite. But I, it, it's just, it's a, la- it's a fundamental lack <laughs> of understanding what sports is about, okay? Um, in 2003, when I started to cover the Packers, and I moved to Green Bay, and I remember initially Don's like, well, you'll be home for for Thanksgiving, right? Christmas, right? And I said, sports doesn't go by a normal calendar, and especially athletes, because they are paid, in Kirk's case, millions of dollars, okay? 
every response you just got is acting like Kirk works nine to five for one hundred ten grand. And that's where and that's where I would urge people to reconsider. First of all, there's nothing about pro sports that that as much as they try and torture it and they do. God bless them. There's nothing about pro sports that's about family. Like, yes, there's things that have changed and there's alterations, but there's nothing about pro sports and the culture and lifestyle that screams. This is a great if you want to be a family man. Go play pro sports. Now, the good well, it side sets, is, sets your family up with a right, quarter exactly. billion dollars for the next seven generations. Exactly <laughs> right. And that's but that's that's the point I'm getting at. It gives you a brief period in your life as what ba- what qualifies as a young adult for the most part to make potentially. And if you're good enough, God bless you. Millions of dollars. Right. And he already Mil- has. Mil- right. Good for him. But if you but I'll tell you this right now, in my opinion. This strips away like, well, he was, I mean, three days in July. That's a lot to give up. It's a lot to give up from the team standpoint to work with Jefferson. It's a lot to give up. Kirk's not going to get this back. It's not going to be like the Vikings are going to come to Kirk at the age of 46 and say, we need you to go back out and work with JJ again in Florida. Like, this is a fleeting opportunity for greatness. And by the way, if you want to win, by the way, if you want to win a championship, it takes sacrifice. It takes, I mean, we've talked about this, guys, in every sport. It takes a serious sacrifice at an age where you can make it. Again, if you were going to, if Kirk Cousins was going to play for the Vikings until the ripe old age of 75, I'd be like, yeah, you know what? Take your time off. But he's not. And ladies and gentlemen, for you out there that look at this like it's a nine to fiver and that Kirk's going to not, you know, how dare the union says he can't work past 530. Um, what are you talking about? This is pro sports. If Kirk Cousins, honest to God, says, you know what? Wife and kids are more important. And this is going to sound ridiculous, but I believe it. If he's going to say, I'm not going to go work out with Jefferson. Screw that. No, no, no. Unless I'm you know, contractually obligated or it's a team function, then I would say that you should get a real job. Go get a real job. I don't well, want but he but he gets to do he gets the best of both worlds. I know he does. He's made I he's made I don't two hundred million dollars playing football. I know and has seventy five or eighty million more ironclad coming but, into his pocket. He doesn't need to go work out with Judd. He's already a made man. But right, so now but we're basically questioning are you putting in the same level of work and building the same level of chemistry as the top five or six yes. quarterbacks that are hunting for Super Bowls? And I think the right. answer is no for Kirk. Right, and this is more confirmation. But my point is, you're fi- if you want to if you want to defend Kirk, then you know what? You should defend Kirk and go w- watch him play in an, in a fun knockoff Saturday football game with friends while he works his job as a you know as a broker. That's the but the point is, winning a Super Bowl can be hell. I always go back. I think we we think that these things are fun. Like we think a Stanley Cup final. Well, yeah. You, guess what? When you're bleep faced with the Stanley Cup in, in in a convertible, that's great fun. But getting there is hell. Getting to a championship. And the last thing about the Jefferson thing that's important that people don't get is that's when you bond. That's when you bond. That is the small but yet huge time where you where your teammate in Jefferson's case a superstar looks at you and says this guy wants this bad as I do oh my god well Russell Wilson's probably the current I mean Tom Brady's always been this but Russell Wilson and he's and in fairness Russell Wilson's getting to know teammates for the first time because he's changed teams 
So Kirk could probably say, I mean, look, I've already gotten to know Jefferson enough the last couple of years. And so, but if you, it is a stark contrast when you go to like Russell Wilson's Instagram page and see, oh, he's just every single day. He's just not every single day, but he's, he's got his, he's bringing receivers into places and he's, they're going out and doing side sessions that have nothing to do with camp. And, you know, maybe the Vikings finish with a better record than the Broncos regardless. Very possible. Despite all this stuff, which isn't trashing anyone. I think this is where everyone's trying to figure out why haven't the Vikings been above 500 for 900 days? Why have they, in the four years since they signed this contract, why have they only won one playoff game? Why do Kirk's team numbers and wins don't match his individual numbers and wins? And there's some evidence in here. I think that's all I'm saying. It's not trashing anyone. It's getting to the truth and the why of sort of the Vikings conundrum these last four years. Now, despite all of this, I remain optimistic that there is another level. I think this yep. team is capable, capable of winning 11 or 12 games with their schedule and with Kevin O'Connell if he clicks with Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm not like out on all of this, but I think it's just this is it's it's more interesting evidence of things that we have thought and known all along. Declan, do you think we're being too hard on Kirk and do you think we are overblowing this? I don't know if you're overblowing it. It's frustrating because you want to see your quarterback play, you know, and, and take the take the advantage of playing with his teammates and, and getting more familiar with his teammates. The thing I have against it, and we played the clip off the top, him talking about Jefferson, just the way he talks about Justin Jefferson to me, just like it makes me makes my blood boil. Like it just like I will never allow that to happen to you, Justin. Like, who are you to suggest what Justin Jefferson's trajectory is going to be, man? Like, he's a superstar wide receiver, and Kirk, you have gotten yours. You have risen the ranks from six-string Michigan State quarterback to now being one of the highest-paid quarterbacks of all time. But, like, I I don't need you to tell me what my career is going to look like. Um, I I don't think you guys are overblowing it. It's it's frustrating because I think we have had this idea of Kirk Cousins because we have the evidence in front of us, and then a lot of people think it's being negative and being retorted as all you guys talk about is Kirk and you're obsessed, you're obsessed. You're haters, right? You're haters, um, and and this this is your life and you're obsessed with him. But it also comes from a passionate standpoint of we want to see this team be successful. And finally... Finally, the franchise finds their own, not their own, but finds a franchise quarterback that they can build around. It's not running around another training camp of who's going to be the starting quarterback. We've had the same quarterback for five years, and then there's been one playoff win, and they haven't been above 500 since pre-pandemic, dude. So the frustration boils over, and the Vikings didn't fail Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, in my opinion, has failed the Vikings. That's That's been what has happened during his tenure as the Vikings starting quarterback. And the hope to me is this. On game day, Kirk O'Connell shows up. Kirk O'Connell, and I would because because o- O'Connell's going to if Kirk give if Kirk just says you know what Kevin whatever you think I do I think we got a chance here. If Kirk says well no here's what we should do now if they have a collaboration that's awesome, but if Kirk pulls a Kirk stunt you're going to have problems. And I, I would actually make if because uh, we made this comparison like a few months ago but like Wizard of Oz situations like the brain the courage the heart all that stuff uh i would say kevin o'connell's more the courage like kirk's brain i know what you're saying Joe. like kirk's brain actually gets in the way of him being successful but the dude needs courage and and kevin o'connell i think actually provides the courage that is needed for kirk to take take it up to the next level it's not his brain 
it, 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 he doesn't need a brain inside of him. He needs courage to, to be the quarterback that he can be because he can make all those throws. I think it's more the courage that Kevin O'Connell has to provide him. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. And I think I just to, to put a bow on this, we can get to some other Judd Camp notes here from day two. But yeah, we we're fully aware that we are much more critical of Kirk than the average Vikings radio show or podcast or whatnot. And we're labeled as Kirk haters on this show. I think you, you call us whatever you want to, but we're not like making this stuff up out of thin air for clicks or for whatever. There are things that we notice having covered football for a long time. Jeb was the lead Vikings beat writer for several years, and I have covered the Twins and the Vikings beats in my time, too. It's like you just get a sense for certain things. Mm-hmm. No one hates Kirk. We don't think his teammates hate him, but there's a there's a there's there's been something missing in his career, and the, and this is just another thing. It's it's sort of it 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 adds up to a puzzle that prevents his teams from being as good as they could. And I yes. I hope that he takes a step under this new leadership in 2022. This show has a very good idea through years of experience and trial and error of how to maximize Kirk. That's basically what we're saying. How do you maximize Kirk? There's something there. But how do you take it and squeeze it and get the most? And that and because that's that's the question. That the problem is Zimmer had no interest. He just wanted Kirk to work. He he wanted to open Kirk up on Christmas, put the batteries in, and be like, okay, work. There's a lot more here to that. Like like this is not a wind up QB. This is a QB who has, to Dex's point, no question, attributes. How do you maximize those? And if you don't, you're going to continue to just sort of flounder. If you do, I think you give yourself a chance to at least have some fun here. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, maybe maybe all they needed to do, you didn't even need to work out, just maybe go cheers a beer together. That's all I wanted. I just wanted Kirk and JJ to, Amen, to cheers Amen. a Surly together. Amen. Is that too much to ask? Amen. And this is the perfect time to do it because there's two things at work here one the weekend is here second we are right in the heart the heartbeat of the summer of surly which means that this weekend is all about uh the logic bonds it's all about the supremes in my case it might be about two or three perhaps four of those tall boy surly furiouses the chip scoggins and i absolutely adore the greatest drink after a hard day of watching camp and Kirk Cousins throw to JJ, a big Surly Furious. But whatever you drink, make sure it's a Surly. Surly Brewing, always on the right side of 500. Uh, also on the right side of 500 can be your business. If you work with Federated, uh, you probably already have a successful business if you're thinking about uh, working with Federated because they are professionals who have a, a long pedigree of success. And uh, what they do is they specialize in risk management tools and resources, like having a great offensive line for your business that can help protect threats out on the horizon. Find out more about the industries Federated works with at federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. All right, let's, uh, let's go through your notebook here. What else stood out to you at Vikings training camp yesterday, Judge? Uh, short and sweet, uh, the start of practice – and I think they went about, I think they're allowed to go an hour and a half. Uh, the start of practice was pretty laid back, simple drills. But we got some teamwork and seven-on-seven work. Oh, yes. And, and here's where 
Here we go. Football. There you go. And, All right, let's go get it. And here's where the veteran scouting eyes of Jug Zolgad went to work, okay? I got a matchup of the day. A matchup of the day. Adam Thielen v. Cam Dantzler. Mm. This was delightful. This was fun to watch, and here's why. Thielen won a few times. Uh, in, including uh, a busted coverage in the end zone where Kendricks and Dantzler got confused as to who was supposed to pick up Thielen, and uh, he, he caught an easy touchdown. But let me tell you about three times where Cam Dantzler broke up the plays. The needle. And they were nice breakups. They were like, this People is... People sleeping on Cam Dantzler, This is Maconian as far as, as like what you've been predicting. Um, and, and I don't think it's a mistake that that in the first practice... Second round pick, Andrew Booth Jr. picked off Kirk and immediately, of course, got the stories about, oh, man, he looked good first day of camp. He could be a starter. Who knows, right? Dantzler came back and broke up at least three passes for Thielen. Um, One of them was in the end zone. And on a third down, and I believe a team drill, on a third down play uh, with Cousins at quarterback to end the practice, over the middle, Cam Dantzler again, Broke up the pass. Really nice play. Mm-hmm. This was fun. This was competitive. And I'll tell you this. They were going pretty hard. Like, this was not a laid-back training camp. Oh, you know, they they weren't trying too hard. No, these guys were going pretty damn hard. This was the matchup of the day. And if you're a Cam Dantzler fan, I think you should be very enthused by what he showed yesterday. A lot of people mocked old Macadac for putting Cam Dantzler in his top 10 Vikings for 2022. How can you do that? Because he's really good. He's really good. Just because he was in Mike. This this is the funny thing about the Zimmer criticism, right? We can fillet Zimmer for the way that he handled Kirk Cousins. But then it's like when we talk about Cam Dantzler, it's like, well, he was in Zimmer's doghouse. Well, if you're ripping Zimmer's judgment with his Kirk Cousins relationship, wouldn't you then maybe question his judgment on young players like Cam Dantzler? Right. Or Zimmer ignored these third-round picks over here last year, and he ignored the guy that was a, what was Cam Dantzler? Second-round second uh, pick, yeah. Second-round pick, whatever it was. So, and they played Breland, too, which was just idiotic. Yeah, because Zimmer wanted a veteran in there and just felt more comfortable with a mediocre veteran over a high-upside young player. So, yeah, I'm a, I think Cam was a third-round pick, actually, but... I'm very high on Cam Dancer. It pleases me to hear that he is giving Adam Thielen some fits in the early portion of training camp It was good coverage, practice. too. It was good. Uh, second talking point. Backup QB, which will be in the focus of Juggs each day. Like, Juggs is not going to not watch this matchup, okay? Yeah. Sounds uh, like a heated battle. I heard they're not even they're not even talking to each other in the hallway. Reflection. They don't even look up. Mm-mm. They just pass by heads down. Uh, reflecting how... Actually, the first two days, I think it was of the minicamp went. After Mon took what felt like a lot of snaps with the second team on Wednesday, Mannion seemed to take way more snaps than Mon did yesterday. But don't read a ton into that because I think that that's just a scheduling thing, too. Like, I'm curious to see how this plays out, and, and Juggs will watch this closely. But... I think it's I think it's more of just a trying to distribute snaps on a daily basis for the first week or so of camp. So it was interesting that Mond seemed to take fewer snaps on Thursday, but I don't but I don't think that, that speaks to Mond's play. Um, they clearly 
I don't know if they're preparing that Sean might win the backup job and so he needs snaps. Like, I don't know exactly what the philosophy is, but in both practices in the spring and this time, it was basically the same. So there is, there's definitely a set strategy here is what I would Okay, say. I have kind of I have a, a football question here for you. All right? Let's, go, let's do it, baby. All right, let's go get it. Does Kellen Mond look like an NFL quarterback to you? you know, like as he as he walks around practice, as he interacts with his teammates, as he takes the snap, throws the ball, what does what does he look like compared to starting NFL quarterbacks that you've observed in your life? You know, it's kind of a, a weird question, but yeah, I think it you is. get it. And and I think it has to be broken down into parts a little bit. So he looks bigger and he looks he looks more the part walking around. And like he doesn't, he doesn't slink around. I like, like it looks like he thinks he belongs as a quarterback. That being said, from a football, a football standpoint, I'm going to give you an observation in a seven on seven red zone drill I saw, which concerned me. Um, there was a play where where he threw to a receiver, and it was broken up by the cornerback, but he double hitched and took way too long, and you can tell he's not comfortable yet which i guess is not shocking like second I would year in the this, league new system new system right i would give this more time uh but that has to change too and it can't be if you're going to anoint him as the backup and and make Mannion the third guy and or potentially cut him phil like you also can't be like well he'll he'll get it someday so like yes second year in the system or with the team first year in this scheme so i completely get that but there does have to be a level of urgency to his learning curve here. So my answer to your question would be it's an incomplete. Like, I don't look and say, oh, yeah. Um, I think there are folks outside of the Vikings who think he's just a complete bust. I don't mm-hmm. know that yet. But there's definitely there's definitely another, like, four steps or three steps that I think you, you need to see before you feel comfortable making him, him Cousins' primary backup for the opener against the yeah, Packers. I'd love to see him light it up in some preseason games. I think if he looks like a train wreck in the preseason. Right. That's know, what man. I'm saying. Right. And when you take a long time and basically double hitch in a seven-on-seven seven drill, that worries me a bit because it's not like there's a ton of pressure coming. All right, last thing. I have a third-team offensive line. Oh wow! Holy I waited cow. it out. Whoa. I waited it out for you boys. Whoa! Okay, can we go through first, second, third here? Sure, sure. Let's first, uh, let's slow first cook team, it. First team left to right: Derisaw, Cleveland, Bradbury, Davis, O'Neill. Wait. Okay. Okay, Jesse Davis. Okay. Yeah. Jesse yep. Davis. Yep. Okay. Okay. Just making sure that. Okay. All right. That's first team. Yep. Second team I gave you yesterday. I got to actually, full disclosure here, quickly go back through my notes. Okay. Second team offensive line. Udo is at the left tackle position. Um, Reed. Chris Reed is at the left guard position. The center is? Schlotman. Schlotman. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Schlotman. Got your notes. Okay, the right the, the right guard is Ingram, right? And then mm-hmm. the le- and then the right ta- tackle is Brandle, Blake Brandle. Mm-hmm. Blake Brandle. Okay. Okay. Exactly right. Don't worry, guys. I got you guys covered. I'm always I'm always very studying good. the offensive line combinations. It's very good. And well, you should be. 
Mm-hmm. And Ingram, by the way, I think maintains a real chance at some point in time here to to go to first team. I yeah, think well, he's a, got the most upside of all. These I think there's options, a legit right? chance there. Yeah, like, but but I mean, there's not. This is not a camp that features a lot of competition. I think that's one that could evolve here fairly quickly. Uh, and now the third team. For the first time ever, unveiled. I think wow. in the media. I, I think for the first time ever in the Twin Cities media. I feel like Arif has probably talked about the third team offensive lineman at some point, right? No, he but I mean, I'm unveiling likely. the training camp one. I don't yeah. think this has been unveiled. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, if anyone's out there. But I'm going to, for the first time ever, debut the Vikings 2022 third team offensive Wow, lineman. here it is. Left tackle, Vidarian Lowe. Okay. Left guard, Kyle Hinton. Okay. Center, on Jug's list to watch. Sokol. Josh, Josh Sokol. Hmm. Yep. Love me some Josh Sokol. Josh Sokol, who, who, again, I think could be the long-term, at least be given an, a chance, not this year, but be the long-term answer at the center position. All right. The right guard. Yes, he's alive. He's well. I saw him. Wyatt Davis. Okay. And then the right tackle, I'm probably going to screw up the pronunciation of this guy's first name, so excuse me on this, but it's either Timon or Timon Paris. Okay. P-A-R-R-I-S, Paris. So, it's very interesting here. Have Have you observed at all to what extent Wyatt Davis is holding his own with the third team offensive line or no is he it's hard to tell they don't they're get they're probably not they getting a ton of time they huh? don't get a ton of time and they're not and they're going against some slappies because they're the yeah. third team and so it's it's very hard to tell i think it speaks volumes that he's third team well it also speaks volumes that they drafted ingram in the second round yeah, when they already exactly. had him if they thought highly of him they would have said oh let's just we'll just treat this as a draft pick that fell into our laps absolutely. here absolutely so probably, again, looking to keep nine or ten offensive linemen, depending on special teams and other things. Yep. So Derisaw, Cleveland. Yep. Bradbury, Davis, Jesse Davis, yep. and O'Neal. Yep. Those are locks. Unless one of them gets traded or something, I would be shocked. I guess Jesse Davis, could that be a surprise cut or something? I, I, but I think they're going to want to keep his the first team right now. And he can play tackle. So he he's a swing guy if needed. Yep. And then you got, in terms of other locks, I think Chris Reed's a lock. I think Ingram's a lock. So that's seven. Mm-hmm. I think Schla- the fact that Schlotman is right now your backup center, yes. he's probably a lock at this point. I think that's pretty important. And I think Udo, people rag on Udo for good reason for the way he played last year, but he can play, if you can play multiple positions yeah. inside, outside, it's a huge, huge deal as a backup. So that's nine. Agree, and that would leave either no more spots or maybe one more spot for one of these other guys. So Wyatt Davis, Josh Sokol seems like a great practice squad candidate if you could get him there. Yep, Wyatt Davis is he? Can he be a practice squad guy? I mean, I feel like somebody might claim. I'm saying I know he can. I'm saying somebody might claim him. He might be, but you know what? If if he stays third team, which I'm guessing that he will, I think he probably clears. And just get yeah. signed. Um, and that will actually, the interesting thing there is if they cut him and he does nothing, he will he will um, uh, trump Willie Beavers oh, as man. probably the worst offensive line pick by Rick. Yeah. Because Be- Beavers was uh, fourth. a fourth-round pick. He was cut 
out of his rookie training camp. And if I'm not mistaken, in that draft class, the entire thing, so not the Vikings, the entire draft class, he was the highest draft pick to be cut. But if Davis gets cut, third-round pick, that's really impressive ineptitude on the scouting department and Rick Spielman. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, and Rick would probably blame the lack of development and whatever. And oh, that's... he'd blame Mike. And then Mike wouldn't talk. Mike, we need you to come out. Come on, yeah. Mike. Come on. Talk to somebody. Talk to Peter King. Dude, he's gonna. He'll, it'll be Pelissero at some point, I think. I think those guys have a good relationship. But yeah, it we'll might be I think he'd come on the show. No, hell no. But it might be an old guy. I think he might go like to an older guy. The best would be a sit down with Mort. I was going to say Chris Morton. I bet he loves Mort. I bet he loves Mort. He's got to come out and defend himself at some point in time. What about what about Ed Werder? Former Cowboy writer. That's a good one. I don't know. That's that's good because Ed Ed might have been on the Cowboys beat when Mike was a position coach, and Ed's older now. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. All right, we got to go. That is Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment there from the number one Kirk Hater show on the internet here. So send your comments, questions, and concerns to the YouTube comment section. And if you haven't, click subscribe on our, oh, we should hammer this too. Of course, I waited till the end of the episode, but you guys have just a few days left to get your Before I Die t-shirts and swag on scorenorth.com slash shop. We have Purple Daily hats, koozies. We got Before I Die t-shirts, Scornorth t-shirts. So check them out at scorenorth.com slash shop. And we'll see you guys tomorrow on Purple Daily.